On episode three of the Real Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod, we are recapping the NBA Finals in which the Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions of the 2018-2019 season. We're talking Kawhi, KD, NBA free agency, and the NBA draft, which is only a week away. Let's get it. Down goes Frazier. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. I'm your co-host, Jack Settleman from Real Underscore Sports on Snapchat. With me today is my other co-host and longtime best friend, Abe. Say what's up to the Real Sports fam. Feels good to be right, Jack. It feels good to be right. Right about the Raptors winning. Right, right about everything, man. Let's get it going. Let's do it. So, uh, I guess what's the instant reaction? The Toronto Raptors are the world champions. Uh, about a year ago, the word on the street was that LeBronto, uh, LeBron James owned Toronto, and now a year later, they have Kawhi Leonard. They get production out of Siakam. Lowry shows up for the playoffs, and they win a title. DeRozan took LeBronto with him to San Antonio. That was never a thing. You can't phase a robot, bottom line. Kawhi Leonard is the second best player in the NBA, on his way to being the best player in the world in a few years once LeBron settles down. I don't want to hear that LeBron hasn't, hasn't, has given that title up because he's still there. He's still the best player in the world. But when he is done, it's Kawhi's league, whatever he wants to do with it. And we saw that this season. He came in, he did what he wanted, and now he's another NBA Finals champion and has another NBA Finals MVP to his resume. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm pretty sad with the end of the game because, well, for one, I think a game seven just out of pure fandom would have been amazing. Like the series was great overall, but you know, I've, I've put it all on the line for Steph. I've said he's the best player in the league, not only because of his shooting and, you know, what he's done for Golden State. I just think he is. And to have everything commence and just come down to one shot where he gets an unbelievable look the greatest shooter of all time with a chance to win game six and force a game seven that that shot's potentially his legacy and he just misses misses kind of badly and uh it's just tough night for me he didn't play well at all by his standards six for 17 three for 11 from three seven assists like they, they box and wand him they were triple teaming him but you're the best player in the world and you just got to live up to that. You got to make that shot. Yeah, I mean, I think you just totally contradicted yourself. You started off by saying Steph Curry is the best player on the planet, and then you went into saying how you got to make that shot. He was 3 of 11 from 3, 6 of 17 from the field, 21 points in an elimination game. We saw a stat at the end of the game on the little box. He's He, will, he was 0 of 11 in under 20-second go-ahead shots in an elimination game, and now clearly he's 0 of 12. So – you're, you're kind of all over the place right now, Jack. Like, how can the best player on the planet put up those numbers in this situation? I, I was texting you during the game. I said, have you seen my buddy Wardell? Wardell Curry, where are you? You're missing, you're missing. I said the same thing to you in game five, the same thing. Where is Wardell? Where is Steph? And he hit that one shot in between the two clay threes. Uh, speaking of clay, the injury was devastating. I mean, the guy was balling. He was having the game of his life. And, I mean, if he stays in the game, this is probably going back to Toronto for a game seven. But Steph Curry, man, where the hell are you? 
Yeah, he hasn't come up big in the big moments. And obviously his three titles in five years and creator of the dynasty and all of that unanimous MVP, it's all going to just be overshadowed. He's kind of going to get the LeBron treatment from now on. No matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough. Uh, and that's what you need to expect when you're one of the best players in the league. Um, but one of, some, the best. one of or the best, because you, you've been you've been calling him the best, and then you just said one of. Yeah. I I will drop him off my number one ranking tonight because it's a make or miss league, and you get rewarded for what you do on the court. I still think if I'm starting a team, I would take Steph just because what he can do for a basketball team and his youth. But that's besides the point. Fan, real sports fan, we have breaking news. We have breaking news. Jack just took back a take that Steph Curry is the best player on the planet. Breaking news. Yeah. Scream it to the heavens. I've never seen something like this. Jack admitting he was wrong about something. I mean, I'm also pretty sure he's the only person on the planet to think that Steph Curry is the best player on the planet. And this game and this performance in this elimination game, also with other elimination games, how he's come up in those games. And now Jack is willing to say this? Come on, dude. I mean, he hit the shot in game five, so that's just not the greatest statement. But uh, I, I hit two in, in between those that one. He got bailed out. He didn't get bailed out. It's it's a team sport. It's a make and miss league. LeBron James, the greatest shot of his career was, was made by Ray Allen and Kyrie Irving. You, you need your teammates. Steve Kerr hit shots for MJ. Yeah, you need to be able to hit the last shot, but it is a team sport at the end of the day. So, Yeah, and in that game six, Nick Nurse was the best player on the Warriors. I think we can all agree. Anyways, um, moving on to an interesting point I wanted to bring up. So, obviously, everyone's trying to build these super teams. Uh, The Lakers want to trade for AD and hopefully sign a free agent. But the Raptors, look at the Raptors' box score tonight, and you really can see why you don't need the super team. You need a well-balanced team of seven players with good coaching. You do need a superstar. You can't go without a superstar. But Kawhi Leonard third or tied for third on his team in scoring, Siakam 26, Lowry 26, Van Vliet 22, 12 in the fourth. Your robot, your second best player in the world, Kawhi Leonard, he was he was quiet tonight and not the normal quiet where it was a quiet 30. It was a very ineffective and not really uh, finals MVP-esque. He will win the award and he does deserve it. But what do you think about maybe a changing of the guard and not going all in, trading all your assets like the Lakers might have to do? I mean, I mean, all right. So when the Warriors dynasty started, I mean, you see it on the top of their baskets now when they go to that angle. It says, what, strength in numbers. That's what they started with, and that's mm-hmm. what they had. They had this core at the top of the lineup with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and then they had the deep bench throughout. And then they sacrificed all that depth. And those numbers for Kevin Durant. And don't get me wrong, any team in the NBA would sacrifice depth for a player like Kevin Durant. But the Raptors beat the Warriors at what the Warriors say that they do. The the Raptors were the true example of a team that is strength in numbers. They went eight deep with Norman Powell, Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet. Let's not forget about OG Ananobi, who was out the entire playoffs with uh, appendicitis towards the end of the year. Don't forget about Pat McCall, three years in the league, three NBA titles. I mean, the guy's just a ring magnet. <laughs> he, he's unbelievable. I mean, he, he leaves the Warriors and then they decide to lose. I mean, it's crazy. But bottom line is, I told you at the beginning of the series, I told all the real sports fans, the Warriors were the better team. With or without KD, it didn't matter. In a playoff, I mean, don't get me wrong. If KD was playing, no one in their right mind was picking the Warriors to win the series. But I think everyone had the idea – well, at least I did, 
given that I did have a medical license before the series and it was only validated throughout the series um, that the, the the deeper team is going to win throughout. They, they got scoring all over the place. You just mentioned Siakam with 26, Lowry with 26, Leonard with 22, Ibaka with 15. I mean, they were getting production from everywhere. And then you saw, I mean, in the, in, during the game, Clay and Steph were literally carrying this team, mostly Clay. And then Clay went down, unfortunately. I mean, hopefully he's nothing serious and everything's fine. But towards the halfway through the third quarter and the fourth quarter, the Warriors really struggle to get scoring. And that's what that's what you see. They, they claim this strength in numbers thing, but where were the numbers? How about the fact that Boogie signs the mid-level exception, becomes the villain, and doesn't even get his ring? That's a bummer for him. But oh, I, some- love that. I love that. <laughs> it brings me back, it brings me back to that like when Boogie was going through that whole like free agent free agency thing last year where no one would give him the deal he wanted. And then he was just like there was a video of him, I think it might have been uninterrupted or something. He was just like Screw it. I'm a warrior. Back yeah. idiot. <laughs> you just hate the Warriors. I do hate the Warriors. I'm 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 sick of them. They 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 ruined the parody of the NBA and I'm glad it came to backfire on them. I mean, I would never want I would never wish anything, any injury upon any player, upon any team, especially in this situation. I mean I think that if Clay stayed in this game tonight, we're headed back to Toronto for the best two words in sports game seven and that would have been a hardwood classic and don't get me wrong I mean it's sick what happened to Kevin Durant um I can't even put the words about it but bottom line is what happened happened and the Warriors have been taken down and I think that's the end of their their run and I think the NBA will continue to have more parity throughout and you'll see teams like the Raptors forming and the NBA is it's in a good spot right now um well one thing that's kind of a misconception is that you know, there's not super teams or there's not dominance in the NBA. But if you actually look back over the history, there's only like in these decades, there's only a certain, huh? So hard to win. I mean, about how minimal the teams are. Exactly. And I think like, obviously Durant going there overshadows it and overpowered them, but it's not like the Lakers weren't winning five in the, you know, in this century, the Celtics won a few, the Mavs are really the only one off team. The Spurs had a few, LeBron's had a bunch, the Warriors. So like people like to act like they ruined the league, but there's always been major, major super teams. Maybe this one was a little extreme, but like you said, I just want to touch on the strength and numbers thing. Like, I don't know why people hate on this team without Durant because this team to me is the fun Warriors that changed the NBA forever. Steph is so fun to watch. Clay, Draymond, I mean, Draymond went 11 points, 19 boards, 13 assists in an elimination game. He turned the ball over a bunch, which was not good. He got beat late by Siakam. People are going to have their moments, but we had this discussion today and when, when people rate Draymond, one, they have a recency bias because they haven't seen Draymond be not like he's been the fourth threat on offense over the past few years so they don't remember like back to 2016 when he was averaging 16 8 and 7 he went 32 15 and 9 in a game 7 elimination game like he really is a special player but the conversation we had today that I want to touch on is that the way we look at players it's just tier one and like who's the best and we rank them and who would be a star on their own team blah 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 but today we talked about what if we start ranking players based on like a second star on a championship team. So like a Siakam, he was the second star, but who would you rather have him or Draymond or like Rosen? What? Siakam was the second star? Well, that's my point. He wouldn't even make the second star category, but like, like Brad 
No, 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 no. Let's go back. Did you see what Kyle Lowry did these playoffs? Yeah, Lowry he, special. He narrative. Pascal Siakam is not the second star. It's clearly Kawhi Leonard is the Batman. Kyle Lowry is the Robin. There is no Pascal Siakam as the second star. I get he had a great year. I get he's up for most improved player. But do not give me that Pascal Siakam is the second star on the Raptors. That, that wasn't really the point. But he did have 26 and 10 and had 30 in game one. But regardless, yes, Lowry played great. And we already talked about they're a very balanced team. But Draymond would be like a Bradley Beal is a perfect number two star. He'll never be the star, a number one star versus like a John Wall will never be like, he's always going to be the, have to be the best player on his team, but he'll never win a championship because he can't win a championship because only seven or eight guys can be the number ones. So I just think Draymond gets discredited a large amount because he takes on the role of the second or third best player on the team. There is no team in NBA history or in the NBA, that Draymond Green can be the second best player on a championship team. I am sorry, not in today's NBA. In today's NBA, offense is king. And Draymond Green, all the credit to him, he's one of the best defensive players in the game. But the bottom line, if you have one guy who can create on offense for themselves at the end of the game in a playoffs, we saw it tonight with Steph Curry. You were texting me throughout the game. Steph's getting triple teamed. He can't do anything then why weren't they going to Draymond? Why can't he be that second best player for them? Why can't he go get the bucket for them if you're calling him the second best player? Draymond, in, don't get me wrong, Draymond's, oh, I hate saying this. Draymond's a great player. Um, I would love him on my team. I hate him on any other team. I hate him in general. But in no team can he be the second best player solely because he's not that offensive threat. And in today's NBA, offense is king. Nine, 11 times out of 10, great offense is going to be great defense. And if you can't give your second best player the ball at the end of the game when your first best player is getting triple teamed and trust him to go get a bucket, then he's not the second best player on your team. And he cannot be the second best player on a championship team. I'm sorry. So tell me, can the Sixers win a championship with Ben Simmons or Ben Simmons is the third best player on the on the Sixers? Because you are adamant to bring back that, that same core because you think they can win a title. And from everything I have consumed from you and Evan and all our Philly friends is that you believe that you can win with that team and that Ben Simmons is the second best player on that team. So explain how that works because Draymond was 11 points, 5 of 10 uh, shooting and 13 assists, a very, very Ben Simmons line. How do, how do the Sixers win it? Or is he not the second best player on the Sixers? This kind of puts you in a tough spot, and I'm excited to see you answer. No, don't don't try and put that on me. I mean, look at this the team that they had this year. I, 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 don't, I hate to keep bringing up the Sixers because – I, I get that I'm a Sixers fan and I don't want to talk about the Sixers the entire time to the listeners, but like Jimmy Butler can be a second best player on a championship team. It just so happened that we had multiple people that can go and get a bucket at the end of the game. We saw it at the end of the year when the fourth quarter came, the ball was in Jimmy Butler's hands and he created for himself. Bottom line is Draymond Green cannot be that second guy on a team. He's not even the second guy on the Warriors. He's not the third guy. I mean, granted, the Warriors are an outlier because they have two of the top five best players in the NBA and Steph and KD. But it's very unfair to compare Draymond Green to Ben Simmons being in that same role because the Sixers have a guy like Jimmy Butler to defer to where they can say, or Joe, I mean, originally you want to dump it down to Joel Embiid and say, go get a bucket. But if that's not happening, he's having diarrhea throughout the game or he's just fat and can't get up and down the court, then you give the ball to Jimmy Butler and you say, go get a bucket. 
But it, but the Warriors have that same exact thing with Clay. That's my point. You have a third scorer, but he could still be the second biggest, you know, best player on the team. I'm not saying Draymond is, but it's the same thing as Ben Simmons. Draymond has that in Clay, if we're talking no KD. I mean, I mean, Clay is clearly the second best player on the Warriors. Like anybody in their right mind would take Clay Thompson over Draymond Green on a championship team solely because he's able to create for himself. He can't create for himself, though. 98% of his shots come off. Come off. No, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I, I, I agree with that because I've never seen Clay Thompson dribble the ball in my life. But bottom line, he, he's an offensive threat in general. And, like, you see it throughout. Nick Nurse was leaving Draymond Green open the entire game and the entire series. And he knocked down a few. Tonight he was one of four from three, whatever. Um, and that's an outlier. I mean, the guy shoots like he has a backpack on, for Christ's sake. Um, but you cannot be a second-best player on a championship team while the opposing defense is letting you be wide open. And I get that you're going to bring up Ben Simmons after this because people sag off of him, but Ben Simmons does so much more, and he's in a system with the Philadelphia 76ers where he can defer to a guy like Jimmy Butler and say, hey, go get a bucket. But Draymond's in that same system. That's my point. Right, but I'm saying if you move Ben Simmons away, then he can do the exact same thing with with another team because of how gifted he is otherwise. Draymond Green is not a six foot ten, seven foot point guard that can see the floor like Ben Simmons does and and create like Ben Simmons does. <sighs> Whatever. I'm just sad that he missed the shot. Can I actually point out something very uh, important? So the Warriors were down one when Steph takes that shot. Did you see what I was posting online about Draymond's three in the first quarter? What was that? Draymond hit a th- – so you read the stat. He was one for four from three. Draymond hit a three in the first quarter, and they ruled it a two, and he's blatantly behind the line. A million plays take place over the course of the game. He had a bass interference. I get that. Yeah. But they would have been tied. And that's something that – it was very odd that they didn't check on that and fix that because it was clear if you looked at the replay – it cost me some money on a Warriors first quarter bet, but I digress. Now that the NBA is over, let's get into what the people really care about, and that's the answer to some massive free agency questions. What's your pick? I got a text tonight from a good friend who uh, has some sources who believes that Kawhi Leonard wants to be in Los Angeles uh, and he does not want to play with LeBron James. Abe, gut. Toronto, LA Clippers, New York Knicks. Where's Kawhi headed? I just got lost when you just said, I got a friend who has some sources. Weird flex, dude. Um, (laughs) Kawhi Leonard, I I hate to say. Actually, I don't even care. Let him be in Toronto. The Sixers lost to him on four bounces. Not about the Sixers. Just asking your opinion. Let me get into it, dude. (laughs) I'm, I'm saying that I don't care if Kawhi Leonard stays, and I think that he will stay now that they brought him in. They trusted him. They said, here, you're going to be our guy. Go deliver for us. And what did he do? He broke the spell for Toronto. He did what DeMar DeRozan couldn't. And I'm looking at him right now, hoist a finals MVP trophy. So I, I do think he stays. The Raptors run it back with this team. They have a few other free agent, key free agents. Uh, Danny Green, for instance, who has championship experience, who gave them good production all throughout the year. Uh, a guy like Fred Van Fleet, who you know I am very fond of, who balled tonight, uh, undrafted free agent. Yep. He's going to be a free agent this year. So they have other moves to make, but I would be very shocked if Kawhi Leonard was anywhere but Toronto next year. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's obviously very, very, very tough to figure out what he's thinking. I almost feel like Toronto just makes sense for him to stay. It's easy. He probably like owns an apartment there. It's just like, all right, I'll go to work. Someone, someone made a hilarious joke online, 
and said Kawhi like is gonna bring home the finals MVP trophy to his family and they'll be like oh what'd you win and he'll be like oh like employee of the month trophy yeah. like he he's just he just he just wants to play basketball. I don't know if he wants to change coast, get a whole new system. Uh, so I would go Toronto, but it, it wouldn't shock me if he if he went to LA. I don't really see him as a Nick, even though there were some rumblings that I got. I'll be honest, about. it would shock me if, if he left this situation. I mean, I can't yeah. fathom a team bringing you in and you delivering them a championship and then you just walking. But like you said, no one knows what the hell this guy is thinking at any given moment. I'm not going to lie. All I really want right now is for us to stop recording this podcast in hopes that Drake dropped a new album. Yeah, it'd be pretty far. That, that's the only benefit to the, to the Raptors winning the title. So on the other side of the ball is the man, the myth, the legend, um, Kevin Durant. The injury put some uh, questions in his plans for the summer, and he'll probably be out for the entire year. Where do you think Durant signs in this very complicated situation? Um, well, I was texting you during game five when he went down, and my initial reaction was, all right, he's going to cash in on this $31 million player opt-in insurance plan. He'll stay, he'll rehab, and he'll test free agency um, after next year. Uh, after a little bit of rethinking, uh, I do not think that's going to happen. Um, I think from from – researching, looking on Twitter, hearing some reports, any team is not afraid to take a risk on him. It's just a matter of what what he trusts. In, in my opinion, he's going to look to a, um, a medical staff and, and see where he can rehab the best. In my opinion, he should just rehab on his own and within his own team, like we saw with Kawhi Leonard last year. He wasn't being forced into what the Spurs were trying to, trying to say. He wasn't as hurt as he was. Um, he kept to himself worked with his own doctors, worked his way back, and inevitably became a finals MVP. So I do think that Kevin Durant is still going to leave, um, and it pains me to say this. I do think he still might be a New York Nick. Um, that being said, I texted you this yesterday or two days or two days ago or whatever. Kevin Durant is going to be 31, I believe, in September or early no. in the fall which means when he gets back from his injury, he'll be 32 years old. Now, listen, now he'll play a full year. I, I think we can both agree that his first year after coming back from a ruptured Achilles, he's not going to be in peak Kevin Durant form. So let's just say it takes another year to return back to Kevin Durant. Historically speaking, we have seen people come back from Achilles injuries and Everyone, aside from one outlier NBA history, that being Dominique Wilkins back in the olden days, have seen a decrease in minutes played, a decrease in efficiency, and overall has never returned to the form. We saw it with Kobe. Granted, he was out of his prime. We saw it with Chauncey Billups. We saw it with Rudy Gay. Even though Rudy Gay is getting back, um, I know how strongly you feel about DeMarcus Cousins and how bad he is. And then we saw with Elton Brand, I mean, he was a two-time all-star, tore his Achilles, and then he was almost a nobody. So a question I would like to pose is, are teams willing? I mean, granted they will, but it's kind of a scary thought to max a 33-year-old Kevin Durant um, coming off a torn Achilles knowing the history in this past injury. What's your thought on that? All right, let's just clear this up. There is zero, and I'm talking zero, if – if you can get Kevin Durant 
You sign Kevin Durant. I don't care what team you are. I, don't I agree. Care who. I agree. Huh? I'm asking you. No, no, no. I agree with that. I'm asking you, is the thought a little scary? Because in my opinion, with Kevin Durant going down with this injury, we just were robbed of the prime of a top 10 player of all time. Um, granted that this injury and Achilles injury, I think it would affect someone like a Russell Westbrook a lot more that, that relies on their athleticism. And like we saw with Derrick Rose and his torn ACL, he never was able to be the Derrick Rose because he was so heavy, heavily reliant on his athleticism. But Kevin Durant is a guy that um, no matter how athletic he is, he's always going to be able to rise over any defender in the NBA and shoot because of how long and talented he is. But it's a scary thought maxing a guy that's 33 years old coming off what everyone can agree upon, that being that a torn Achilles is the worst injury an NBA player can suffer. I'm just saying I understand people are going to max Kevin Durant. I don't blame him, but it's a scary thought for any team out there. And and my response is 0% of that scares me. It is Kevin Durant. He will have, because he suffered in the finals, he will not only have a full year off, he'll have 18 months. He will be in full game shape, ready to go. for so you, the- think, you think no matter what, Kevin Durant, after this surgery and after this recovery, is returning back to the Kevin Durant we saw before the, before the injury? It's it's literally impossible to say. Obviously, we can understand that, but I'm I'm going to be on the record for our listeners saying that we just were robbed of his prime, and we will never see the Kevin Durant that we saw before this injury. Well, we weren't robbed of his prime. We might have been robbed for a year, but he'll be a top five player when he comes back. Robbed of his prime, he was he was about to leave Golden State. He was about to go to another team, finally have his own team, prove that he can do it on his own. And contend for the title of the best player in the world. And in my opinion, he's going to come back, be a shell of himself. Granted, a shell of himself is an unbelievable player. But at that time, people like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kawhi Leonard are still going to be ascending and healthy and are going to be the face of the NBA alongside LeBron James. And Kevin Durant is probably going to come back when he's 32 years old, take a year to recover. I would be shocked if he played 60 games in a season. I'd be shocked if he wasn't on a minute restriction for a lot of the season. And it's just a scary thought. I mean, Kevin Durant, in my opinion, was going to go down as a top 10 player of all time. If he kept on this rant, he could have been the all-time scoring leader. And I just do not see Kevin Durant being that 27-point-per-game scorer that we saw him granted the history we've seen with people that have suffered a ruptured Achilles. I'll tell you this. I think you know who you should be more – like I think in 2020 when he's back, and I don't think he'll be on any minute restriction because, like I said, I'll have 18 months. The technology and the medicine now is just crazy. We've seen it in the past. It gets better year in, year out. People come back quicker. I'm not saying they rush him back. They're definitely not doing that after the mistake that just happened. But how about a 35-year-old LeBron James coming off a hip injury and playing 10 million minutes? He had gone to eight straight finals and finally broke down his body. I would be more confident in having Kevin Durant on my team at 32 off a torn Achilles and a full season's rest than LeBron James at 35 after all the minutes on his body. I should hang up on you right now. That is disgusting. We'll revisit it. In, in about, oh, my God. We're talking about LeBron James. Yeah, we are talking about LeBron James. And we're talking about this ever seen who is a machine who notoriously takes care of his body better than anybody in NBA history who – has the most mileage and continues to be the most effective and produce the most. And the fact that you can say that against a guy who just tore his Achilles where in NBA history, there's literally proof in the pudding 
that you don't return to your normal self. And you can say LeBron James, who's had one injury in 16 years, is is yeah. is oh my god, is gonna look at the, you're, you're you're just being a LeBron lover. You're not actually I'm looking not at the realistic. Look at, I'm looking at the history of an Achilles injury. Okay. And and how about you acknowledge the fact that because of the sixteen years and because of eight straight trips to the finals and because of logging ten thousand plus minutes, he finally got hurt. That machine is starting to break down and people won't acknowledge it. They think it's gonna break down that twenty eight, eight and eight average before he went down, that machine's starting to break down. Yes, he missed 30 games. It cost his team a chance at the playoffs, and that's my point. Durant, you want to say he's breaking down, coming off an Achilles, he'll still be 29-7-5, and five, and he will be more effective as a superstar. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Kevin Durant, all right, let me get this straight. Kevin Durant is going to come back from a torn Achilles injury and average more than his career average? Of what? He doesn't average. Four points per game? How many? He averages 27 points per game. Yeah, he could come back and average above his career average after a torn Achilles. I will bet you anything. I'll put it on the record right now for our listeners, whatever you want. I will I will guarantee you whatever team he plays for, he will average 30-plus points per game that season. He's He's been on the Warriors. He's split scoring with Steph and Clay for the past two years. It's reduced his average. Do you not remember he was MVP when he was the star, and that's still with Russ chucking shots all the time? Yeah, and I also remember that he, since he joined the Warriors, he hasn't seen a double team since the Great Depression. Nobody, he's playing one on one against everyone. He goes to he goes to on a new team, and he's finally going to get double teamed and triple teamed. Now you're making me sound like a Kevin Durant hater, and I hate you for that because I like Kevin Durant and I think he's an unbelievable player. But I will bet you anything. I'll bet you a hundred dollars on the air right now for the listeners that Kevin Durant will not be that twenty-seven point per game scorer. And I wish him the best, and I hope he is for the sake of the NBA. But that's just the nature of the injury. All right, hundred dollars says he averages twenty-seven points per game. What'd you say? We'll take this. We'll take this bet for Real Sports. I actually want to make a poll. Real Sports fan, we made a we made an Instagram for the account RS Pod on Instagram. Give it a follow. We're posting great content. Jack and I tomorrow morning are going to post this this poll on Instagram about this argument. I want you, I want to hear your insight, and I want you guys to absolutely rip on Jack for how stupid he sounds right now. I just I just disagree with you. All right, that's made. It's on the record. $100 that 2020 season, Kevin Durant will average 27 points or more. And may I add, it will be for my New York Knicks. Um, I would just want to close. We'll push the NBA draft discussion to Sunday night. We're going to get back on our regular recording schedule, which is dropping a pod on Monday nights and, or sorry, on Monday mornings and on Thursday mornings. We wanted to adjust so we could react to the NBA finals tonight. But uh, we'll cover NBA draft Sunday night going into Monday. But to finish up, uh, let's just touch on Kyrie. It sounds like Kyrie's headed to the Nets. And it sounds like with the KD injury, like, do they bring in Tobias? Do they do D-Lo? Like, I don't even think Kyrie makes much sense for them. It makes absolutely no sense for the Brooklyn Nets. No, no, I don't want to say it makes no sense for the Brooklyn Nets. Because the Brooklyn Nets are bringing him in in hopes to bring in another guy. Because... It makes no sense for Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. He is leaving the Boston Celtics. Now, he left LeBron James so he could have his own team. He got his own team. He got a team, a promising young team that he had to lead, that he had to lead. How did that work out? It didn't. It, there was drama all year. They fell far short of expectations. Everyone thought that they would be playing the Warriors tonight in the NBA championship. And now he's going um, a little bit south to Brooklyn where he's got a, a younger team that he has to lead. He doesn't know who else is coming with him. 
Granted that they do have young stars and a promising coach in Kenny Atkinson, but this makes no sense to me. Um, you touched on D'Angelo Russell. That would make no sense bringing him back to me. That kind of backcourt in today's NBA is a defensive nightmare. Um, I don't think Katie is – I'm not going to say I don't think Katie's going to Brooklyn. Um, inevitably, I think he might end up with the Knicks, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, I think their best chance at a free agent would be – Tobias Harris, and I don't know what a, a duo of Tobias Harris and Kyrie Irving is doing because neither of them are a clear-cut number one on a championship team. I think Kyrie Irving, he needed that LeBron James in Cleveland, and he needs that Kevin Durant-type player to take it off his shoulders and, and to be the Robin to another guy's Batman. But this move to me makes no sense. It's being reported all over the place that Kyrie's locked in on Brooklyn – um, he signed with Rock Nation. I think you you mentioned on Real Sports Snap that the Rock Nation owner is brothers with the Brooklyn Nets owner. Is that correct? Yeah, twin brothers. Something like that. But bottom line, um, this makes no sense to me, but the, the pieces are aligning for Kyrie Irving to be in Brooklyn next year. Um, we'll see if he gets someone else out there. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. To me, it's more of the guy grew up in North Jersey. He played high school basketball at St. Patrick's in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and he's going to be close to home. He'll get family out to the games and stuff. But in my opinion, he's going to, I think, a worse situation than he was in in Boston. Um, I think maybe the media and all the narrative throughout the year and the drama pushed him out. But that being said, I think he brought all that drama upon himself by wanting to lead a team and be this guy and leave LeBron James. So We'll see. In my opinion, it makes no sense to me. As a Sixers fan, I'm not worried. And we'll see if anyone comes with him. What do you think about it? I mean, just, I don't, I think it's just a confusing choice and confusing situation. Maybe he was having conversations with Durant and it was like, let's both go to the Nets. And then the injury happens and now he's kind of stuck with what to do. I just don't get it. But I, I, I completely lied and I messed up. And I thought we were going to end with Kyrie, but there's a whole another 10 minutes that we need to get into. And I'm sorry, this pod's going to be a little long for the Real Sports fam, but I promise it's worth it. Anthony Davis, the Lakers don't want to let Kyle Kuzma go so they can't get a top seven player in the NBA to pair with LeBron James, your top player in the league, who then would entice them to sign a third super player. Like, are you kidding me? Kyle Kuzma. Alright guys, we've got an important announcement to make. Blue Wire's teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just three bucks. Ship right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were so tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for almost 100 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's by claiming your trial offer at harrys.com backslash bluewire. 
All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com backslash blue wire to redeem your razor for only $3. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders, no matter where you're selling. Amazon, Etsy, even your own website. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and most importantly, keep those customers of yours happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates out there. Just visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. B-L-U-E. That's right. ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Bro, it's it, it's not over. Relax. In my opinion, I'm going to go on the record, and I think Anthony Davis will be a Laker by the end of this weekend. Um, we saw reports. What was it? It was Lonzo, the fourth, and Ingram they were initially offering. Mm-hmm. I think we can both agree that's not going to get it done. Um <laughs> I, I, I've been on the record saying I think Lonzo Ball is a fantastic player and going to be an all-star in this league, a multiple-time all-star. Um, a lot of people – Brandon Ingram was probably there um, before everything happened with his blood clots, was maybe one of their biggest assets in terms of trading. But now teams are very skeptical. Um, granted, it's not as serious as Chris Bosh, but you still have that worry in the back of your head. I just think that – Inevitably, the Lakers are going to realize they have to do what they have to do to get LeBron what he needs in this four-year or three-year with a player option contract. So I do think Anthony Davis will inevitably be a a Laker solely because the only other team, correct me if I'm wrong, that we've heard in the mix for him is Boston. And Boston cannot trade for him until July 1st with something about the rules and Kyrie Irving and trade rights and I don't know. But, and David Griffin has been on the record saying he wants to get a deal done by the NBA draft, which is a week away, I believe, a week from, yeah. a week from, well, it's past midnight. Thursday, yeah. From yesterday. Um, yeah. So I do think inevitably the Lakers will have to give up Kuzma and will because they know that uh, LeBron needs to get what, what he will. But I do have a question for you. If the Lakers do get Anthony Davis, where does this put them in the NBA? Well, that's a question I asked the Real Sports fam on my Snap story, and the most popular response was uh, 31st in the league. <laughs> so apparently there's a ton of uh, of LeBron haters still out there. I'm more of the LeBron respecters. No, you're not. Uh, I, no, you know I have immense respect for him. I just – I. I I'm very hard on him because of the MJ LeBron argument. We're definitely not getting into that tonight. It's way too late. But uh, where's this put them? Well, my point is, if they trade Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo, and that pick, it gives them AD and some room. I think someone like Kemba could go out there. Kemba today said he would be willing to take less than the supermax to build the team. And I thought at first I was like, 
oh, so he's definitely going back to Charlotte. And then someone made a very good point to me in that he's he could just be saying that. So when he does go sign somewhere else for less than the Supermax, he's like, look, I was willing to do it. You guys just didn't present that offer. So I'm going to assume that the Lakers would bring in someone else big or maybe they just, they just fill the team with a bunch of really strong guys like the Raptors did. And it automatically pushes them to, I don't know, a top top five in the league, no question. Probably the best team in the West, potentially. It's tough to say. Like, you have to see where those pieces fill out. But people forget Anthony Davis preseason was an MVP candidate. And, like, that team is just absurd yeah. if, if they are. We do not have to see what other pieces fill out. If Anthony Davis is in Los Angeles next year with LeBron James, you can book your tickets for a June basketball game at the Staples Center because the Lakers will be in the NBA Finals. There is no doubt in my mind you can put dumb and dumber with them. They will be in the NBA Finals. Um, I don't care if they give up every single one of their young stars. No matter what, if those two are together, they're going to attract um, role players that are that are willing to take less money. They don't have to be superstars, but people will want to go play there. And those two players together are – are as close to Magic and Kareem that we might see in our generation. And granted, it's also in Los Angeles again, and it, Los Angeles is crazy about their basketball. There's no doubt in my mind that if Anthony Davis is a Laker, that team will be in the championship next year. I don't like to predict injuries because it's virtually impossible, but I will point out. Don't put, that, don't put that on him. No, he's he's super injury prone, and then it just gets into a situation where if they do fill it with a bunch of reserves who aren't that good, kind of like the Warriors situation, it's dangerous. But like the, the Warriors are dropping off because whether or not KD resigns, he's not playing. The Nuggets, LOL. The Blazers, LOL. The one team is the Rockets. CP3 is only getting older, and Harden just c- constantly does not get it done when it matters. So a very easy trip to the, to the uh, championship for them, in my opinion. I agree. And then on the East, like, I think Giannis makes the step this summer and the Bucks come all together. Way too hard to predict, but I think they're auto top five. And then if they can just get, like, a Kemba, then it's it's pretty much game over from that point. It's, it's the hardest, it's the hardest um, future to predict with this kind of free agency because you have no idea where everyone's going to end up. But one thing you did touch on was the whole Kemba Walker situation and that he – came out today or a report came out today that he'd be willing to take less than the Supermax to stay in Charlotte and for Charlotte to build around him, which cracked me up because who the hell's going to Charlotte? Um, right. Oh, Michael Jordan to GM. I don't care. No one's going to Charlotte, but he has a point that he could still take less than a Supermax and get more money than he would anywhere else. If he leaves Charlotte, he forfeits $80 million. He can cut that in half and still make 40 million. $40 million in Charlotte than he would anywhere else and get what he wants and stay in Charlotte. All blessings to him if he wants to stay in Charlotte. I don't know why the hell he would want to do that. If he's serious about this Charlotte thing, then I have no reason to believe he's going to go elsewhere. Um, if there was one other place that he would want go, I would say it would be the Knicks. But we've already heard reports that he doesn't really have interest in the Knicks. So I'm kind of buying into Kemba's delusion that he's going to stay in Charlotte. I have no idea why, but I think that I think we're going to be shocked this this off season, and we're going to see a lot of people stay and be a little disappointed in their current situations. But it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out and how it affects next season. I think it's it's always funny, and it's easier from a fan perspective, and when you don't have to make the decision. But 
I don't know about you. My last paycheck did not have uh, seven figures on it. And like we always talk about, oh, how is he not a team player? Like he wouldn't just take a a $40 million pay cut to go play with LeBron. He would win so many rings. Like imagine staring $40 million straight in the face and saying, no, I want one of those shiny rings that uh, in 10 years symbolizes that I was good at basketball at one point. First off, I'm going to make one point. I am not at liberty to discuss my financials. and. Winning is overrated in today's NBA. Come on. People just want the glamour. They want the money. No one cares about winning because realistically, there are so many players in today's NBA that are going to go into the Hall of Fame and be great players that will probably never get a ring. We're going to see people like Russell Westbrook that made such an imprint on this NBA where Oscar Robinson, it was so um, praised that he averaged a triple-double in one season. And now we don't blink an eye that Russell Westbrook averages one three straight seasons. And I, I don't think Russell Westbrook ever, will ever win a ring in Oklahoma City, and I think he'll stay there the rest of his career. It just goes to show that winning in today's NBA doesn't really show how good of a player you actually are because of how talented the league is all around and how they form these teams that you just cannot beat. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. Like everyone's motivation is very different. Durant pretty much gave up his legacy to guarantee himself some rings. Not that he didn't contribute, um, but some people care, some don't. I think that's the biggest point to pull away from it. Like You can't just expect Kemba to go to LA for a ring the same reason you can't expect Durant to, to not re-sign with the Warriors and continue a dynasty there. Um, I think that's all from us. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode three of the Real Underscore Sports Snapchat podcast. Please rate us five stars. Please subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, tell your friends. And thank you to the Blue Wire podcast family for producing this all. Abe, do you have any last words besides the Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions? Toronto Raptors, the NBA champions, and Abe Granoff was right all along. Tell your mother to subscribe. Tell your mother's mothers. Tell your dogs. I'm going to bed. Hell of an NBA season. we got a lot more planned on this podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun. Peace, Real Sports fam. Good night and good morning, Real Sports fam.